Revelation chapter 19, verse 7 through 8 says this, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the linen is the righteousness of saints. Today I want to take a look at that statement. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. Linen. What kind of linen are we talking? I wonder what the weave pattern is. Is it plain woven, loosely woven? Are we talking sheeting? Or what kind of blend is it? Rayon, cotton, polyester. I wonder where it comes from. Man, I hope it's Belgium. I hope so because I heard the finest comes from there. And man, whew, we only want the finest on our wedding day, don't we? But wait, is that what this verse is describing? Or did we just get caught up in surface level thinking? Join me in this episode as we dial in to learn about this linen. How this one, the weave pattern, the blend, the source, is really a Christ-covered life. And as a result of that Christ-covered life, character consistent with his way of life. A character that's going to prompt us to action, an action that screams his glory, radiating light, shining for him. Hey guys, my name is Jessica Hartzold and I am obsessed with all things Jesus. I am a lover of my Bible and a pursuer of our Lord. But I am also a woman who makes mistakes and doesn't always get it right. I haven't always been a follower of Jesus. Boy, have I not. However, during one of the most difficult times of my life, God illuminated for me the power of a choice and this gift of free will. She Chooses is a podcast purpose to help you fall in love with Jesus. And in doing so, learning how to harness this gift of free will by taking life one choice at a time. Let's get started. Let your light shine before men. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says this, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It says that your works will bring glory, bring glory to our heavenly Father, our heavenly King. God, he has placed a light inside of us and it's his desire for it to grow brighter and brighter. As Christians, we want that light to shine as brilliantly as we can. And we, this year, we are working to make sure that we are learning to allow that light to shine bright, for it to be enhanced, for it to illuminate more and more. I can't think of a better way to fan that flame. I'm imagining a candle. And the best way I can imagine to fan that flame is studying the Bride of Christ. But before we dive into that portion of this episode, I want us to linger for a moment over this light and God's desire for it to radiate through us. Sometimes our emotions, our feelings can cause us to question. Our mind truly is a battlefield. You know, there is a war being waged mentally day in and day out. 
And sometimes our emotions and our feelings can cause us to question, Lord, are you sure you want your light radiating through me? Don't you remember where I came from? Or are you really sure, you know, what you're doing when you said that you want your light to radiate through me? I really, truly love the word of God. It tells us that there is nothing new under the sun. And this quandary we can at times find ourselves in, it, it too is not new. And <laughs> There are others, so many others from times past that struggled. They had this same mental battle that we find ourselves facing day in and day out. I love Paul. I love the words of Paul. He said, I am the worst sinner of them all. I 100, 100% identify with him. I'm not perfect. I don't ever want someone to think that I think that I'm perfect. In most days, I'm left wondering too, Lord, why on earth did you choose me? It's in those moments that God so wonderfully reminds me with what I'm sure he was reminding Paul, which Paul desperately wants us to understand. All God really wants is a willing vessel. Our flesh is weak. God understands this. And God is stronger. And the weakness of our flesh it is no excuse to stay in that place where we stifle that light. But rather, growing in our relationship with Jesus, owning the light, fanning the flame that he works to kindle within us is what he desires. This question in our mind, it often serves as a barrier stronghold, if you will, one that we allow on our own to be constructed in our mind. This barrier is one that the enemy of our soul uses. He uses it to stall us out as we begin to believe those slithery thoughts that say, God can never use me. What we've got to do, though, is see it for what it really is, which is an opportunity each day to carry ourselves to the foot of God's throne daily submitting our imperfection to his perfection. It's that willingness to allow him to sanctify these areas, which allows that sanctification, allows that light to illuminate the darkness. And sanctification, my friends, is a process. And all of the struggling perfectionists listening to this podcast right now should breathe a sigh of relief and shout, thank you, Jesus, because I have not yet arrived there is still hope. And we're going to allow this sanctification process. We're learning to allow this sanctification process to refine us and to mold us so that that light, the light of Christ, that brilliant, wonderful light can shine brighter and brighter this year. Are you enjoying the She Chooses podcast? If so, do me a favor and share it. Send a link to a friend you think will enjoy the episode or post a link on social media or leave a review wherever you choose to podcast. When you do that, you help elevate the She Chooses podcast in the search results of others, making it easier for others to join in and learn right along with us. Last episode, we dove into Revelation chapter 19, verse 7, and we spoke about the bride of Christ as his wife who has made herself ready. We spoke about betrothal and connected this life as a sanctification process, one where we're preparing ourselves for our wedding day, just the same as ancient Jewish wedding customs. And we watched as this word, 
it became alive to us. And our walk was made even more beautiful as we made those connections and God opened our understanding to see it. The wife referred to in this verse is the church. We're the church. We accept that. And in doing so, we have to accept that one day, the marriage supper of the lamb, it is going to happen. And we want to be there. We want to be there as the wife who has made herself ready. As I read those words, as I look at that verse, the image of my wedding gown, it drops into my mind and it takes me back to the process of finding it. So let's think about that together. How does an earthly bride prepare for her wedding day? For those of us that are married, or one day we want to be married, or perhaps we've helped someone else in their own preparation, we know that this gown, this gown is something that we get excited about. Women, we, we dream of it from the time we're little, thinking about what, what's it going to look like? How is it going to be? How is it going to feel? The material, what's it going to be made of? We think about every single detail. We pour over it. We search for it until we find the one. And we know that we found the one because when we put it on, we instantly feel, we instantly know that's the one. Our mom, our grandma, our sister, our friends, they look at it. They shed that poetic tear and they too, they know that this gown, this is the one. This process, it is breathed into us. It is breathed into us when we watch shows like Say Yes to the Dress or we read magazines that their whole purpose is to show you that this is your day. And they scream to us that the gown is what makes the day. And we have these images of perfection dancing throughout our mind. Unfortunately, at times, however, you know, just as we can get caught up in fabric blends and searching for only the finest surface level details, we brides, we can be tempted to become selfish, thinking, obsessing over the wrong details, and maybe even forgetting altogether about the man waiting for us at the end of that aisle. We have all seen those episodes of wedding shows where that bridezilla, whew, you know, sometimes we can be just like her and thinking about it is just about us. And this really is a direct parallel to what I want to draw our attention to today, right now. It's this sobering reality when we go back to our verse in Revelation and we remember at the end of this aisle of life, Jesus, he stands waiting for his bride. And as a people, we have to be just as intentional, more so, absolutely, about adorning ourselves for this day as we prepare for our perfect earthly gown. You know, days like today, right now, this moment are really good for checking in to see how are things going with that spiritual gown. So what is the word? What is the Bible? What does scripture say about the gown? It says this, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the linen is the righteousness of saints. What does that mean? How do we put on the righteousness? 
To put on righteousness means to possess high moral and spiritual qualities. This righteousness is not something you can go out and purchase like we do with our earthly wedding gown. It's not made up of the lace, the satin, the chiffon that we think it is. No, ours is made up of righteousness. And it can only be given by the Lord himself. When we think about this, think about that breastplate of righteousness. We don't put that on. That is the Lord. The Lord puts that on us. Righteousness, it comes from God. It comes from God alone. Without him, we can't obtain that. But with him, it's given. And once it's given, it is ours. We don't receive it because of our works. But our role in receiving it is found here, where it says, His wife hath made herself ready. Making ourselves ready comes from this intentional seeking by learning who he is, who he's called us to be. It becomes, it comes as we begin to fall in love with him, as our mind begins to accept that apart from him, we can do nothing. Apart from him, we are nothing. When we get to that place where we fall in love with him, our outlook on life, it radically changes and we shift away from trying to earn our way into heaven by those good works. Yes, those good works remain, but they flow from a different place. It's no longer about us at that point. It's about him. It's about Jesus. And we step into this place of passion where there is nothing greater in this life than sharing who he is with those around us and taking as many people as we can with us to spend eternity with him. It's at that point that we've received the light of Christ inside of us in that light. It cannot be hidden. Getting to that point, however, we have to be willing to put forth effort. We've got to be diligent. We've got to come to a place of pursuit. I love what Paul said. Paul said this. He said that I may apprehend that which has apprehended me. That verse in my mind is breathtaking. That verse in my mind is breathtaking. He said that I may apprehend that which has apprehended me. Do you get that? To apprehend means this, to lay hold of so as to make one's own, to obtain, to seize upon, take possession of, to lay hold of with the mind, to understand, to perceive, to learn, to comprehend. That is powerful stuff. And yes, Paul, I too, I want to apprehend that which has apprehended me. And just as a bride prepares on her wedding day, she's focused, she's intentional, she's working exhaustively preparing. We as a church body, we're called to prepare for that glorious day for the marriage of the Lamb. Because guys, if you are like me, you haven't always been a follower of Jesus. There's preparation, there's work to be done. And even if you have, there's a lot of culture hanging on us. And there's some thickness of our flesh standing in the way of that light that God wants to shine from within us. So how do we make ourselves ready? Last episode, we spoke about our need for baptism in Jesus' name. We spoke about the reception of the Holy Ghost. We don't want our lamp of profession to go out. We have to have that oil, that continuous oil to draw from. And there's more. We don't want to stop there. We continue on this beautiful lifelong process that the Lord gently leads us through, allowing for our imperfections. As he takes us to that place where he opens us up, 
He removes ideas of this world and replaces them with this truths that are found in his word. He refines our character along the way, making us to be more like him. As we accept that truth that it's all about becoming less of me, more of you, Jesus. And we take on that mentality that he desires for all of us. A spiritual bride skips over the gown shops and makes themselves ready by studying. Studying who Jesus is and what he says his church should look like. And we find this by studying the Bible, by diving into scripture. An example of what the church looks like can be found in the Proverbs 31 woman. If ever there was a bride that had made herself ready, shoo guys, she is it. I want to take a moment. We have got to read this chapter. And we're going to read Proverbs chapter 31. We're going to start at verse 10 and we're going to go through verse 31. It says this, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in the time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Here we find King Lemuel. He is sharing with us what his mother taught him. Quick side note and soapbox stepping on. Mamas, you better teach your babies. Who is this King Lemuel? King Solomon. This wisest man to ever, ever live. And his mama, his mama taught him this about what he should be looking for. This woman, she is adorned. We can directly apply all of who she is to everything we as Christians are called to be. In her, we find the gown we have got to put on. We pause as we read her. We, we pause for points of reflection by studying her for our own spiritual gown fitting. And we're checking to see how are things measuring up? 
making certain that when the marriage of the lamb comes, our gown, it fits. And when we look at her from these vantage points, no longer can we look to this Proverbs 31 woman as this irrelevant, unobtainable, and disposable woman that no one can measure up to. When we see her through these eyes, we see her the same as we would a wedding dress that fits too snug. There are no other options. We have got to fit into this gown. When we read of her, we find her gown is made up of certain things. Hers was made up of virtue. It's made up of faithfulness, of reverence, of strength, of endurance, charitability, provision, honor, wisdom, kindness. She's praiseworthy. It's made up of the fear of the Lord. When I read of her and I compare myself to her, guys, I don't measure up. I'm not alone in that. Paul, he didn't feel like he was measuring up either. This gown she wears on me, it doesn't fit. As an earthly bride, my mentality jumps to myself. You know, give me a diet or give me a seamstress because I need, God doesn't change to fit our needs. We change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This, this one can't be changed to my liking or to your liking. It's me that has to change. It was Paul that had to change. It's you that needs to be changed, to be altered, to be transformed. No, the Lord is so good. He's so good and he lays out perfectly what we need to do to be sure that our gown fits just right. And thankfully, guys, there are no diets here. We can consume all of his word that we want and, and need in order to be sure that, that we fit this gown that he has designed for us, which really is another affirmation of just how wonderful God is because he proves to us that this woman, she is not an unreachable, outdated image of perfection. Her characteristics are fully available to every single one of us. Because guys, the Lord's desire is for all who are willing to come. But that question gets thrown to us. Are we willing? Are we willing to invest? Are we willing to be intentional? Are we willing to study him out? Charles Spurgeon he was quoted to have said the following. He said, prayer doesn't change God. It changes me. Years ago, I had an embarrassing moment with these words. I heard them and they were met with self-righteousness. I couldn't stand them. I thought, Psh, how wrong could this man be? Did he not study the word? Did he not know the Bible? But the truth is, I had a really bad attitude. And the more I meditated on those sandpaper words, the more God revealed to me situations that I had prayed over where he, he didn't move the mountain in front of me. He made me climb it. And it's in those climbs that I, I didn't strong arm or change God's mind to flex to my desire. No, he changed me. He changed my attitude. He changed my perspective. He changed my desires, not for, not for my will, but molding me to his will. It's the same with this gown that we're called to put on, guys. It's the same with the Proverbs 31 woman. 
many people are going to tell you that she's old, she's irrelevant, she's a tradition that needs to die because she is so disconnected from our culture. But the only truth in those statements is that she is crazy disconnected from our culture. This culture that we live in that's raised itself as this idol, one that we as Christ followers, as Jesus lovers, as daughters of the King, that we've got to tear down, that we have to utterly destroy, removing it from our mind. If we ever want our light to shine as brilliantly as God has purposed it to. During this time of reflection over her characteristics, we noted some things. We have got some problem areas. We all have problem areas. So once once we identify them, once we come to terms with them, what do we do with that? Well, first thing we're going to do, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And we're going to pray, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray. And we're going to stop telling ourselves that prayer does nothing because prayer does everything. It is the means that God has chosen to operate. So we have got to pray. And the second thing we're going to do, we're also going to use this Proverbs 31 woman as a bridge. We're going to use her. We're going to view her as a bridge that leads us to other areas of scripture that we can study, that we can learn from, areas that are going to aid us, that they're going to instruct us, allowing us to grow to fit these characteristics specifically. Right now, you might be thinking, Jessica, that is a lot of work. I don't have time for all of this. I get it. I've been there. On some days, I'm still there. But here's the thing. We make time for what's most important to us. I know that that can be a hard, transparent thing for us to consider, but do it. We're Take inventory. Where are you spending your time? Check out, check out your screen time. Check out that time, that update that Apple sends you to tell you how much time you've spent on that phone. Ooh, that can be a tough pill to swallow, but it's one we've got to look at. It's something we've got to consider. You know, write that question down. How am I spending my time? Sir, go back to it with private reflection, with a lot of transparency. And if you're brave enough with yourself to acknowledge, perhaps my priorities need some shifting, then, my friend, then that right there is an open door for the Lord to begin to transform your mind. So how important is it to you to become the woman that God desires for you to be? You know, testifying from my own experience, God can do a whole lot with five minutes. He has a way of doing things with time when we choose to put him first. I can't explain it. It just happens. I I dare you. I dare you to test it out for yourself. When we commit to choosing to put Jesus first, things just have a way of fitting into our schedule. We want to know the things that this Proverbs 31 woman points us to. We want to be a wife who has made herself ready. And we do this by staying focused. We stay centered on our purpose. Guys, our purpose, we were made to bring him glory. We weren't made to bring ourselves glory. No, it's all about him. So let's get back to those characteristics that make up this wonderful gown. I mentioned this woman, she's a bridge. She's a bridge to other areas where we can study more. 
consider that for a few moments. We said virtue. She demonstrates, she shows us that this woman, this gown, this gown is stitched with some virtue. If you find yourself struggling to know what virtue means or understanding what that looks like, guys, we just wrapped up a study, the book of Ruth. Ruth is called a virtuous woman. Look to her, read about her, learn about her circumstance. What are the choices that she made? By what you read, think about what made her that? What made her virtuous? And consider what can you learn from her? How are you lining up or not lining up? And pray over those things. Ask God to help you to see what do you need to learn from her? Where are you falling short? Understanding what does it truly mean to be virtuous? Faithfulness, if we need to have instruction on faithfulness, look to the life of Moses. Study him and woo, God will knock your socks off and he will show you a beautiful, beautiful example of what, of what faithfulness looks like. Reverence, if you're not sure what this means, endure the journey to find that out. Look for examples of fearing the Lord or how did God teach his people to reverence him? No reverence in my mind, it's this thing, it's this voluntarily dying to ourselves in obeying his command because we, re- we revere him. We have such reverence for him. It's not about us. It's about the Lord. If we want to know about strength, if we're struggling in that space, there are so many examples. I specifically love Gideon. I think it's because I identify with him so easily. His doubt in his self initially, his hiding out, dig, because there's so many examples to find people who maybe didn't appear strong at first, but over time they grew into that and demonstrated strength. Endurance, look to Job. If you want to learn how to be charitable, look to Dorcas. If you want to know provision or what it, what it means to be a provider, Look to how God is the provider. Those are just examples of things that we can do, places we can go as we start to look to these characteristics and and bridge them to other areas of scripture. If we're looking for wisdom, study Solomon, a wife making herself ready. That's our focus and using this Proverbs 31 woman to be sure that we're ready when the marriage supper comes. Friends, It can be a life-changing thought. It is a life-changing thought for us to consider day in and day out. Am I a wife making herself ready? It's something we need to write down to post on our bathroom mirror, to put in our car where we're going to see it, or our computer monitor. Perhaps we make ourselves a lock screen to remind ourselves that we want to be a wife who's making herself ready for our heavenly, heavenly king. I love this thought. Someone spoke it to me many, many years ago and, or I ran across it on the internet. I don't even know where I came, where it came from, but I ran across this thought that says, we are a soul with a body. We are not a body with a soul. That is a simple mindset shift that will radically change your outlook. We are a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. When we approach life this way, we see things from a drastically different perspective. 
which is exactly where Paul was. He had problem areas, but he was sold out, waiting in anticipation for the marriage supper of the Lamb, a wife who has made herself ready. I want that. I desperately want that. I know we're not ever going to see perfection this side of heaven. It's not an excuse to not do anything, to not dive into scripture, to not study how God desires us to be. Because friends, to make something, you have to do something. I want to be part of that bride. I want nothing more than to receive that robe of righteousness. And God wants that exact same thing. And you want that exact same thing. You want that for yourself. So I leave you with a question today question to consider, something that we're going to consider off and on throughout this whole year. How is your gown fitting? If it's too big in places, not fitting quite right, stop looking at how you can alter it to fit you and begin to look into the word and begin studying and begin to allow the Lord to alter you. You just listened to an episode of the She Chooses podcast. Thank you for taking time to listen. I hope over the next few days, you'll take some time and really think about what we just went over. Look for a way to apply it. It's when we activate the word that we really start to step into the life that Jesus desires for us to live, that authentic Christian living. If you found this episode helpful, share it. And please leave a review. When you do, you help elevate the She Chooses podcast in the search results of others, making it easier for them to find. And if you're like me and you like to digest information in varying forms, you can find the full episode transcript on the She Chooses website. Check out the show notes for a direct link. And hey, while you're there, go ahead and subscribe, making sure you never miss an episode.